We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Talking to you. Oh, what, what, you deaf or something? Talking to the fucking air. My name ain't Chump, it's Billy Hoyle. <laughs> Billy Hoyle. Billy Hoyle. Billy Hoyle. Okay, Billy. Now, can you count to ten, Billy? Yeah. Good. What's the score, Billy? I don't know. Then you're a chump. I mean, be a chump, I just said that wasn't my name. Today on Trouble with the Script, we're covering White Men Can't Jump. Was really lucky to have Joe Kinsey from the popular sports and pop culture website Busted Coverage call in. We had a great conversation about this movie and, you know, pickup hoops in general. Real quick, I want to address a few things for people who might be new to the podcast, you know, new subscribers or listeners. I'm covering almost all these movies out of love. There's definitely bonus points for a movie that's extremely accurate when it comes to all the sports aspects, but even ones that have clear sports flaws, I still love that movie. Unless a sports flaw is an essential plot point, like pretty much the entirety of Trouble with the Curve, or some parts of a film like Draft Day, it's not something that makes a movie quote-unquote bad. This is a podcast for people who love sports and sports movies, so I just wanted to address that in case some people thought that this podcast was just serving to completely drag these films. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Hit us up on Twitter at TroublePod or Instagram at TroubleWithTheScriptPod to let me know how we're doing, what movies you want to see next, and anything else you'd like to see out of this podcast. With that, let's talk White Men Can't Jump. Welcome to Trouble with the Script, a sports movie podcast focusing on what worked, what didn't work, and what could have been done to fix it. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Tonight, I'm joined by the editor of Busted Coverage, Joe Kinsey. Joe, how are you doing tonight? Good, Kyle. Ready to talk about White Men Can't Jump, and uh, very excited. I'm a big movie buff, you know that. Yeah, um, I've been following I've been following you over at Busted Coverage for a long time now. A lot of good sports and pop culture stuff, and like you said, uh, tonight we're doing the the classic White Man Can't Jump. It's not about black. I don't mean to brag, but I'm the greatest. That's because you never saw me. It's not about white. Honey, I'm home. I'm 
much money did you make today? I missed you too. I'm sorry, honey. It's about green. I want to find out how good you are, chump. I'm your white shadow. I have a business proposal for you, as if you don't mind hustling. What kind of hustle? <laughs> $500, baby. And you can pick my teammate. Give him the chump. You mean play basketball? White Man Can't Jump is a 1992 basketball comedy film written and directed by Ron Shelton. Black and white basketball hustlers join forces to double their chances of winning money on the street courts and in a basketball tournament. Joe, right off the bat, where does this movie rank among your personal favorites as far as sports movies go? Well, I mean, it's not it's not going to be in like the top five, but I mean, top ten. I mean, when I'm looking for a comedy, this is where I would go. And for its era, you know, it was it was right there. Uh, and and to get a little bit of flavor, right? So you you're getting a little bit of the West Coast flavor. Not a lot of movies. We know this. Not a lot of movies with a lot of West Coast flavor in the sports world. So it was great that if if I'm going to go West Coast. It's going to be white men can't jump. So, so the vibe was very important for its time. Yeah, the vibe is is super unique in terms of sports movies too, because most sports movies, and we'll touch on this in a bit, but most sports movies are kind of you know rigged. They've got their structure. You know, it's about this championship season or this you know player who's a you know like a Rudy or something like some guy you're rooting for, like an underdog. And this is just kind of this like cool street ball vibe of two dudes just trying to survive playing basketball in LA, which is awesome. Well, and, and which one are you actually going to root for? You know, are you rooting for the guy that blows all the money or are you rooting for the guy who won't get his wife the new rental? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, so you can root for both of them, right? So there's not like that. You're right. There's not that Rudy in here. It just strikes me. It's so wild. Like Woody Harrelson's, just variety of roles and variety like he's you know he's he's billy hoyle and white men can't jump he's like this cool basketball playing guy who's terrible with money he's russ cole or he's not he's not russ cole he's uh the other guy in true detective marty hart and true detective and then he's just his general like airy self in real life like it's just a he he's a he's a trip man well and and if you know you, you go back to that time and everybody was used to seeing him in cheers and all of a sudden he's doing a basketball movie. It's like, what is he doing? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's, it's his first jump on like the screen, right? On the big screen, I think. One of them. Right. And then they, they put him in a hustling movie with Woody or with uh, Wesley Snipes. I mean, this was, this was the meeting of two gods of the, of the era as far as TV and movies. So, uh, it, 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 and they, they got lucky that it worked so well. Yeah, I mean, and it did. It the the movie holds up really good. It's it's a great rewatch still. I mean, over you know almost thirty years later, uh, it holds up. It's like right when Wesley Snipes turns, he was like uh, he was confident but kind of meek as Willie Mays Hayes, like kind of a nervous guy. And this is where he turns into like confident badass Wesley Snipes. Like you can see, you know, Blade coming out of this. Uh, you can see his character in U.S. Marshals coming out of this, whose name escapes me. Um, it, it's kind of when, when Wesley Snipes goes on a run. Uh, New Jack City was a year before. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he had a huge uh, beginning of the 1990s. He owned it. So, I mean, and I remember it. I remember how, you know, for the era, 
you had to see this one. Uh, basketball at that, you know, you, you see the Jordan jerseys. You see the – I think I even see, like, Reebok pumps in there. Um, Stussy uh, was a brand, uh, West Coast brand, I believe, 8-Ball. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of things in there. You're like, oh, man, I, I remember that, but I forgot it was even in there. So that's one of the things I really liked about it, and we may talk about that later, but I was going to put that in right away because the brands that you see in there really come – they come back, and it, and it takes you back into that, that time. Yeah, well, in, in that case, let's um let's jump right into to what worked the most for you. You know, because this, this is a movie, kind of like I said, there's not the same barometers in the sense of rules and regulations and certain benchmarks that like a typical sports season hits. Um, you know, the, the other movies we tackle on this podcast, there's, you know, we've done high school football, pro baseball, competitive cheer, just stuff with kind of general plot. This is just two guys, you know, playing street hoops. So it's not going to be the same kind of this was realistic. Uh, but what was the most authentic, you know, sports-centric part of the movie for you? Authentic. Uh, I would say, well, I mean, it's 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 not, like, common to see a white guy walk onto a basketball court and dominate, right? So I don't know if I, that could be the authentic part. I think the authentic part is that Venice Beach was, in, in, for those that have been to Venice Beach, it's exactly like that. It's a, a it's a circus, and I think that is what works the most in the movie is that they let it be the circus that it is. There's the Muscle Beach. There's the guys, you know, with dogs on skateboards and crazy people everywhere. And that the the scene is what works for me the most uh, of Venice Beach. And I mean, I don't think that the it's not like the white guy walks up all the time and is a superstar athlete on the on the beach. But the beach itself, I believe, worked the best. Yeah, they definitely did a great job in setting that kind of location and that vibe for the movie. Uh, mine's kind of similar. What I think worked the best is is that kind of like the pickup basketball environment that they set up. I thought just that like the locations. There's there's really only a couple actual like pickup scenes. That first scene where Billy rolls on and uh, and hustles Sydney. Uh, that scene where they go hustle Raymond and them. And then uh, the scene where Sydney hustles Billy back, but I like like the pickup basketball environment. Bunch of dudes around a court, only a couple guys playing, but there's you know there's money going around. There's people cheering them on. There's people talking shit. I I love that. I, and they throw you right into that in the beginning of the movie. And it goes on for about twenty twenty five minutes of just straight unadulterated, just hardcore. I, and that that might be you know adding on to your what what works really well is that they don't waste time they, they the story punches you in the face right away trash talk profanity you know your mama jokes all that right off the bat gambling on the game yeah gambling on the game right so I mean if you if you're gonna write the script you might as well get it out in front of the people and here comes the white guy you know and and then here comes the story. So really, like the climax at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, they throw you right into it, which is cool. I mean, I, th- I think it sucks you right in, like in just terms of it being a good movie that, I mean, 
right away you're you're all in for the rest of the movie but i'm gonna switch real quick to the least authentic part of the movie the sports centric part that was least authentic what i've got is is in that same thing the scene that we were just talking about that we love they throw you in the you know in the middle of the game and stuff i'm just gonna say there's a gap in play i i I timed it out from 435 in the movie to 1050 in the movie they're, they're not playing for six minutes and 15 seconds because first they're arguing about the score and then they're doing the bet to get Billy in the game. Playground games, they're just going because dudes are waiting to play. There's no, they're not taking a six minute and 15 second break. And that's a super nitpicky thing. But in this movie, there's not a whole lot to like, oh, that was trash. That didn't work or anything. That was the only thing that stood out to me was I was watching. I was like, I love this dialogue that's going on. I love how they're betting, how they're, you know, Billy's hustle is kind of coming into play, but they would not be just standing around this court for six minutes and 15 seconds with tons of dudes who want to play basketball. Yeah, people are be screaming on the sidelines, right? Yeah, exactly. What did you have for the the least authentic thing? Uh, well, I don't... If anything, there's really not a, there's really not a whole lot. Rosie Perez drives me nuts. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm just I can't stand her right like I I uh, I just can't like the voice drives me crazy. Yes, I read it in a magazine. See, if I'm thirsty, I don't want you to bring me a glass of water. I want you to sympathize. I want you to say, Gloria, I too know what it feels like to be thirsty. I too have had a dry mouth. I want you to connect with me through sharing and understanding the concept of trimalthedness. This is all in the same magazine? It's a control. Um, I can't I can't get over that. Uh so that that just I had to fast I, you know, even rewatching it, I'm like, Rosie, get out of here, you know? Uh so I have to watch, get rid of her every now and then, uh, just because she was driving me crazy. Uh, what didn't work? It's funny, real quick with Rosie Perez. So I'm a little younger. So I actually, I didn't see Pineapple, or I I didn't see White Man Can't Jump until I was in college. I saw Pineapple Express before I saw White Man Can't Jump, and she's the cop in Pineapple Express. And so when I saw White Man Can't Jump, I was like, is that the, that's the cop from Pineapple Express who's like a, like a Puerto Rican sex pot in this movie? Like, what? (laughs) It, it it threw me for a loop, but yeah, her uh, the whole the whole Rosie, you know, she's she's a lot in this movie. Well, either you either you can stand her. It, it, there's no middle ground with Rosie Perez. Either you can stand her or you can't. Now, don't get me wrong. In her era, in that era, she she was a big deal, sex pot, right? So I don't know. I I guess the Puerto Rican had to be the play. Like, what? Where else would they have gone with that? Uh, she probably was cast as the right person. It's just that I can't stand her in as much dosage as they were, as they gave us in this movie. Back then, I probably didn't care, but now I get to the points where I just can't stand it. Yeah, it was a heavy dose of Rosie Perez. Can't stand it. But speaking on Rosie, real something I was going to ask you in the opening before we just went right into, uh, before I went right into what was the most authentic, is Jeopardy a sport? And do you think that that Rosie's character would be good at Jeopardy? Uh, what? All right, is it a sport? No, it's not a sport to me. Uh, now the guy that is turning it into gambling in sports 
he's like making it a gambling sport. Uh, that is a little bit different. Uh, but as a whole, I don't think I don't think Jeopardy's a sport. Um, I need a ball. I need a I don't know. I guess I need a car, maybe. Little at, some athletic movements. Yeah, I need, I need something like a ball going into a hoop, going going into a hole, something, some sort of bat, some sort of golf club. Um, but now, would her character did her character work for the Jeopardy part? It's I, I'm still weirded out by the Jeopardy part. It's still a weird part of the movie for me. It's it's really strange. When the writers came up with that, they're like, wait, how do we get money back to these two? Oh, perfect. Jeopardy's huge. We'll have her go on Jeopardy and she'll win all the money. They got Trebek, though, which was a good get. Uh, yeah, I mean, but then again, Wesley Snipes, I mean, th- that was a big movie, right? They, they they were able to get those guys. True. Yeah, You know, one thing is I'm really kind of surprised we didn't see any cameos by any actual basketball players. That surprised me too. When I when I was doing my rewatch and I started just doing a little bit of research before the movie, I expected there to be more. Like I was expecting to look through the cast bef- and be like, okay, oh that dude played, that dude was in the league. There was really only one, the guy who played Raymond uh, Marquise Johnson, who was not. I mean, he he was in the league, but he wasn't like a dude, right? Other than that, and then um, the guy who played Willie Lewis. Uh, they, that they uh they that uh Sydney and Billy match up against in that um in that two on two tournament at the end. Uh the guy who played Willie was an undrafted free agent by the Knicks and I think I don't think he made it out of training camp. Other than that, like no no ballers. Alright, so they had some guys that could play, but it wasn't yeah, so they had no name you know, I was expecting maybe a guest appearance, but I in looking back I I I'm surprised I didn't forget much of this movie. I haven't seen it in 30 years and uh, really didn't forget much of it. But yeah, I was, I was a little surprised I didn't see a a face in there that I recognized just maybe in the background. They couldn't pull They couldn't pull uh, MJ out of Vegas. Uh, No, no, no MJ. Uh, There was another part in there where he throws what Billy throws water on Rosie, whatever name is in it. Gloria is his girlfriend, Gloria. Gloria, Gloria. He throws water on her, and it cuts to him leaving. And then it cuts back to her, and she's dry. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. She just got soaked. She's in the bed, and all of a sudden, she's dry. Little, little, little bit of, uh, you know, took a little liberty on the editing parts. Yeah, that's the one that's right before the, the Stucci brothers show up. That's it. That's it. That's exactly right. That's uh. Then we'll talk about the Stooges here in a minute. Um, what else worked for you? What uh, what stuck out for you is something that like oh, you know, this felt authentic. Uh, man. But I feel like what uh, I feel like uh, Sydney. Yes. Like I feel like that that is a uh, authentic character uh, for California. Like I feel like there's always this carnival barker at the pickup games. And I feel like that actually, the way it was written, uh, he's he's a legit character. Uh, you know how it is. You've seen, you've been to pick up games. There's always somebody that's the lead, the lead carnival barker at these things. I loved his shit talking. I thought that was super authentic. It reminded me of kind of like the Fab Five, kind of Jalen Rose just barking at everyone. <laughs> 
That's just hard goddamn work making you look so bad. Man, you foul. 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 I mean, think about it. I mean, that, that, again, it's, you're headed into jail. You're headed into Fab Five era, too. So it's all come together right there. Uh, also authentic is uh, language, right? Yeah. I, I can't I can't believe I was even able I must have snuck into this movie back in the day but I mean I mean this this the language wise you couldn't even make this movie nowadays oh yeah that no one would green like this they'd say it wouldn't make any money it, they wouldn't even put it on but yeah because they I mean they didn't they didn't hold anything back it was they what I thought they did really well was they put you it felt like they put you in literally in the middle. They transported you to the middle of that basketball court and, and uh, you know, right on the beach. They didn't. They didn't hold anything back with the language, with Sydney shit talking, with you know the stakes that the games were played. Uh, you know, guys threatening to kick each other's ass or shoot each other after the game. Um, you know, I, I think just everything about how they brought the environment to pick up basketball to you, they crushed. Yeah, could they possibly – as I was watching it, I just kept thinking, there's no way they could make this movie nowadays. No way. No way, no way, no way. Uh, people just sensitivity towards race and just getting – as you're watching it, you're like, this isn't a big deal. These guys are – they're big – they're adults. They can handle each other. And uh, but I, I, I just uh, – the authenticity of its time, it, it just couldn't be made now. Which is a shame. It should be able to. You should be able to watch that again. You know. Yeah, it's an. I mean, it's an awesome movie. Uh, the, you know, they'd have to. I, I I worry what a remake would do to this movie. Honestly, though. All right, you're the you're the movie expert here. I read that there was a remake that was in the works for it. When I think about this movie, I don't think you can remake it. N- not with the same vibe. No, I don't know. I think you know what it would end up with. It would end up total brand placements. Everything would be branded, and it would be like you know they would start pitting like the shoe companies against each other, and then it would just feel overproduced. Uh, I looked it up here. It says uh, January 2017 they were supposed to start making. It was going to be a Blake Griffin. Oh my God. Yeah, with Blake Griffin and uh, Ryan Khalil as producer, uh, NFL guy. That's interesting. So, uh, so any, I I don't know if it was ever made, but but I I just don't. There's movies that should be remade. <laughs> you can't remake this. Yeah, I'd I'd much rather just leave this one as it be. What what white guy do you get to even play Woody Harrelson? I mean, I, you just, you just, you know what? You bring Billy back. You just bring Woody Harrelson back. I'm, I'm fine with that. Throw me a six. I would love a sequel. I would rather have a sequel over a remake. What are Billy and Sydney up to right now? Billy is still broke. He's still living in motels. He's still burning all his money. Just going through women. <laughs> He's just going through Puerto Rican women and trying, trying to fill that Gloria void. Yeah, and she's like, oh, she comes back every now and then just to see what he's up to and. He's just a loser like he always has been. But but he can still ball. Yeah, and then Sydney, I mean, he's like a grandpa now. But he's like a color commentator for uh, Venice Beach pickup games. And he comes out of retirement at a big tournament. And the young kids don't know who it is. I'd love to see that. That's my sequel. When you mentioned the uh, – the sp- 
it being kind of like sponsor driven if they did a uh, if they did a remake or anything. One of the things I had that worked was in the uh, the two on two tournament when guys they kind of start scrapping and they cut to the white guys who are like putting the thing on and they're like stop they stop them before we lose our sponsors like nervous white guys like that worked. Yeah, exactly. Now you know looking at this looking at the wiki page on this Nike. They they were in on this movie with shoes inspired by Billy and Sydney. But I don't remember any marketing campaign that really rings a bell with that, right? See, that that would have been that would have been before my time, the marketing campaign itself, but I I don't think that they I don't even think they said the word Nike in the movie or anything either. I don't think they were in on it from like the the get go. No, I don't. I, I think you're right. Uh, you just see them wearing a lot of Nikes. Uh, that would have been the shoe that they would have worn anyway, and they dominated the market. They wouldn't have been wearing Adidas or Converse. Uh, the wiki also mentions Gary Payton was in the movie as a street baller. I didn't. I missed that. It's funny. I was gonna say that Sydney also reminded me of Gary Payton with his shit talking. So it's funny that he was in the movie as a street baller. He was in there as a street baller. I didn't see that. I'm gonna have to, now. I'm gonna have to look up what part he was in. Just to you just gotta do another rewatch and look out for him. I'm gonna have to rewatch all the street ball games to uh, to see what was going on there. Yeah, I got a couple other things that kind of work, but the the outfits you already mentioned them, but like the outfits and the street wear and stuff. I th- it, it works. It looks authentic. It looks like what dudes would have balled in, and you know, in um in 1992. But it also looks like what white people would wear to Coachella right now, like <laughs> those like those like ripped that like low tank top that Sydney wears to the basketball court with the sweatbands. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, what about the bicycle hat? You know, like that would that reminds me of like a European guy at Coachella. If Travis Scott wears that bicycle hat to Coachella, that thing is selling for $1,500 on the internet the next day. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Like, it does, I mean, it's it's what their parents wore, and now their parents wore that in 1992, and now they're like, oh, I love that style. Time is a flat circle. Yeah, it comes back again. The last real thing I've got for, you know, what worked and, you know, white guys can't jump. It's still a thing that's held up. Yeah, man. The, the title, it's not going to ever go out of style, right? No. And it, and like you said, if that was if it was unique and it was made now, someone would freak out about it and be like, no, you can't call the movie that. You can't do that. <laughs> but You're right. You're right. But yeah, it's it's held up and it's 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 a common thing. Like, you know, and it's funny. It worked. The whole... The Billy not being able to dunk and Billy's dumbass losing twenty five hundred dollars over you know making that bet on on dunking. I th- I thought that part was great. Them just pulling over, finding that hoop, and going. Yeah, I think that a good tweet would be what would be the money we're talking about in real in twenty nineteen dollars. What kind of money did they put up? You know what was what was five thousand dollar pot in nineteen ninety two. I bet Ravel could figure that out. Ravel, Ravel's probably <laughs> tweet. He's probably tweeted that before. That's true. If not, I see a I see a good opening right there. Have to have to hit him up for that one, Joe. What uh? Go ahead. 
Uh, was it, what didn't work for you? Was there any, you know, I, I, at this one, it's, it's all nitpicky stuff again. Cause it's not, you know, a structured sports film where, you know, there was a, a, you know, a complete mess up that wouldn't happen in scheduling or seating or rules or anything. I mean, it's, it's street hoops. So, you know, what, what stuff didn't work for you? Uh, let me see here. Um, I don't know. Maybe I keep going back to Gloria, but some, the Jeopardy thing's probably a little bit hokey for me. Yeah, them getting could the security guard actually get him on Jeopardy? All right, so that's a great point. So they just cut all of a sudden, right? They're like, "Oh, make this shot," and you know, and she's she can get on the lot. So we're just supposed to. Believe, where's that part of the movie? Yeah, did she like corner Alex Trebek in his dressing room after she got on the lot and was like, "Put me on jet"? Like, there seems like they're missing a whole thing of from him get the security guard just getting her on the lot to her getting on the show. Yeah, and if you watch that when he goes up to when Sydney goes up to the guy and is like, "Hey, I need a favor. Do you think you could get her on?" It sounds like he could get her on the show, like he's a production guy or something. And, or he works on, like, the, the, the writing team of Jeopardy or whatever. And then you're like, oh, he's a security guard. He's going to work. And like, wait a minute. Well, and then all of a sudden she's on Jeopardy. And you're like, oh, well, I guess it, she just walked on and became a contestant. They definitely took some liberties with that one. Also, Billy's not making that shot. That, like, hook shot, that, like, half-court equivalent hook shot bets his car on it like no billy i don't care how good billy is at basketball like lebron's lebron might not make that shot first try right what are the odds yeah that's definitely under what didn't work it's it's unrealistic but they 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 had to get to that point for jeopardy to work so they needed some more money they had to have the money well how do you get quick money in 1992 jeopardy jeopardy that's it or in the case of the guy in the first uh, in the first street ball game, you go and rob the corner store where you know the where you know the owner, and then you <laughs> sell you, you don't the robbery is unsuccessful, so you sell your gun. Yeah, I want to talk about something real quick that didn't work with that 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 guy Raymond. So Raymond, you know, tries to rob the thrift store, tries to rob the uh, the corner store, or whatever, and then he comes back, he loses his money, realizes that he got hustled. And he says, you know, and he, he pulls out his blade. And, like, Raymond's a big dude. He's bigger than Billy. He's bigger than Sydney. And instead of, like, just deciding he's going to fight him or whatever over, you know, them hustling him, he says, I'm going to go get my gun and I'm going to shoot all y'all. Meaning Raymond was not about that action. He gave him plenty of time to get out of here. Raymond, didn't, Raymond really didn't want that smoke. He didn't run to get that gun. No, he casually walked. Uh, okay, one other thing that didn't work. When they go to bet on a on a street ball game, all right, in where they lose the seventeen hundred and Billy gets hustled, he acts like he lost seventeen hundred. Do they both put up seventeen hundred? How does this work? Yeah, that's good. No, they're probably. I mean, I would assume they're both putting up eight fifty, but Billy's acting like he he lost it all. Yeah, that's yeah. He's acting like he lost seventeen hundred, and I'm like, wait, did not did Sydney not put up eight? You know what I mean? Yeah, had yeah had to. So I don't I don't get that part of the the financial side of uh, the way these street ball games work, especially in the movie. It almost sounded like they were both putting up seventeen hundred, and then uh, and then he gets worked, and then Sydney's taking his money, but it. 
how there was no splitting like you know what's going on there so after billy gets worked when him and gloria show up at sydney's apartment and billy walks in and he starts just like gloria walks in and goes off with uh with with sydney's wife who sydney's wife i just want a quick shout out to her tira farrell she went back to back boys in the hood in this movie she was Doughboy's mom. She went from being Ice Cube's mom to Wesley Snipes' wife. Great point. Uh, I forgot she was in that. I don't. I don't know. Top twenty-five, thirty films. All timer. Yeah. 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 All timer. But they go in the kitchen, and then Billy comes in, and basically says, "You know, you hustle me, you took my money." He starts talking shit. Like, do Sydney and his friends really just not whip Billy's ass right there? Good point. Billy came into Sydney's house. Talking shit, yeah. I I I feel like they just whip Billy's ass, and that's the end of it. I don't I don't think there's a there's another. They play more games after that. I don't feel like in that community, where where they say Crenshaw. Yeah, I don't feel like in Crenshaw you just go in. You've only known the guy like two days, and you would for one stand in front of the TV that's showing the Lakers game, and not get not get you know beat up. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely happening. Another thing, I, I feel like when uh, when Raymond freaks out after after the hustle, uh, and he you know he pulls out his blade, I feel like Billy folds too quickly, like gives up the act too quickly. He's like Sydney, you're trying to you know trying to negotiate a guy with a blade. Negotiating with the guy with the blade? You got a wife and kid, man. How do you know my name? And how come he's talking about your family? What? Wait a minute. You're talking about my wife and kid, and you don't know me? Wait a minute, Raymond. Cut this, motherfucker. And and Sydney does the thing, you know. Wait, how do you know my name? I don't think it, Billy. I don't think Billy would fold that easily. I don't think he would give up the hustle that quickly. No, it seemed fast. You're right. Absolutely, I agree with that 100%. Uh, yeah, and then what? He's like wife and kids or something like that? Yeah, he says, Sydney, you got a wife and a kid, and then Sydney pulls it away. How do you, how do you know my name? How do, you, how do you know I got a wife and a kid? And then he tells Raymond to cut him, and that's when Raymond says he's going to go get his gun. And I thought that was all part of the work. When you watch it, you're like, oh, well, they're just that's a, that's a job. They're working. And uh, no, I mean, you're right. They jumped into that really fast. Yeah, I think it's just Billy just panicking. And then I, I here's a question for you. Do you think that they were just too obvious? Uh, there's a, you know, it's one of the things where Billy's, I think it's the game with Raymond where they're doing the, you know, they're doing the fix and he's like, you can pick anyone. And they're like the white boy. And the guy comes over and says, you know, you're in or whatever. And Billy's like, oh, you mean play basketball? Like, okay, you're playing way too dumb because you're, you're hanging around a basketball court in LA. Like y- you can't play that dumb. I feel like they were too obvious. Yeah, in a neighborhood where you're not supposed to be. Yeah, he's not supposed to be there. The odds of a of him, a goofy, you know, white guy that looks like he's from Iowa, that just happens to be standing up against the fence. Like how they wouldn't realize he was over there before that. Yeah, the interesting thing. So instead of Iowa, he says 
I don't know if he's from Louisiana, but he says he he played a small college in Louisiana, and that's when he he threw he threw that game. We're supposed to throw that game for the Stucci brothers, but there's a fun like game you can play in your head thinking about like Billy Hoyle. You know, gave up basketball, went back to Louisiana, changed his name to Marty Hart to avoid all his old debts, and uh, became a became a de- detective for the Louisiana State Police. That's that's something fun that I thought of. What about what college he would have played at in Louisiana? Oh, I feel like he'd he'd be like a southeastern Louisiana guy. Yeah, I was thinking a directional school like Northeast Louisiana. Some I don't I think that's one of them. There's a northwestern state in Louisiana. Yes. Yeah. In Southland. <laughs> Southland Conference basketball. He was definitely in Southland. And he got paid to throw a game and then didn't throw the game. But that would make that would make the perfect sense. So like late 80s college basketball, they were you know, they were throwing games all the time. Yeah, you I mean, you could you could sell me on a you you couldn't sell me on a remake. You could sell me on a sequel. You could really send me on a prequel of Billy playing basketball at Northwestern State, just started dating this Puerto Rican sex pot named Gloria who, you know, lived in the same apartment complex, you know, tries to, is going to throw a game for the Stucci brothers to pay off Gloria's debt, doesn't throw the game, goes on the run. You could sell me on that movie. I'm, I'm in on that. What, what was their debt for? I... Gloria buys a car, and then the car, like, shits out on her, but they still want the money, and so they tell Billy if he throws a game, and, like, who's betting on the Northwestern State basketball game in the first place? Who's betting, like, multiple thousands of dollars? On, but beside the point. Uh, are they Italian gangsters in Louisiana? Is that what they are? I guess. And the thing is, they follow them all the way to L.A., and this is over, like, an $8,000 debt. Like, they, they spend all this time in California over an $8,000 debt, which is, like... The cheapest gangsters. Maybe like that was their last eight thousand too. <laughs> if the Stoogies don't get that money back, because that van they were driving was a shitbox. If the Stoogies don't get Billy's eight thousand back, they you know they probably owe someone else money. So they so they had to get the photo like they killed Billy to prove what. I, I think it's to to intimidate everyone else that they're going for. Like they use those photos to intimidate Billy. But like, it seems like a foolish thing for the Stooches to carry around. Like hypothetically, you get pulled over, your car gets searched, and the cops like, "So we just found a booklet of like fifteen guys you've murdered." Like, and then they're, then they're at the police station being like, "Oh, you know, actually, it's this whole thing. We're beating guys up for money, and you know, we didn't actually kill them. We just faked it." And it, that's a whole thing. This, I don't think the Stooches are the best gangsters. No, I don't either. Uh, all right. The other thing I wanted to know was the money. So he pays them twenty five hundred. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, because that's all he. Isn't it, that's all he had. And what did whatever they got for for beating uh, Duck and the yeah the those guys at the end at the end. So all right. So they don't did the brothers only get twenty five hundred? Where does Gloria give them any money? I don't know. I feel like at that point, the Stooges, it's like when you have a bunch of credit card debt and you you just kind of negotiate down. Right. I think the Stooges were like, we just got to take whatever we can get with this guy. He's just going to be he's going to be fucking running around the basketball courts forever, going up some, going down some. We might as well take him while he's up. And you wonder if she what, what do you think she ended up doing in the rest of her life? 
So I was going to ask you this. Like, do you see any scenario where they don't get back together? Because they seem like that couple that's going to be split up, back together, split up, back together forever. No, I, I, I see them back together. Yeah, you could, you could make that easily into the, uh, you know, the sequel is them get, yeah, we talked about this earlier. Is like they, they had to be on and off constantly. Billy loses, he's going to lose all her Jeopardy winnings in like a game of horse. Like two weeks after they get back together and they're right back in a shitty motel. How about this? He loses all their money at an amusement park shooting on, uh, shooting, you know, those baskets that have stuffed animals. Oh, God. <laughs> he loses all the money shooting on those hoops, betting guys, and, does, you know, it's, it's perfect. The rims have been bashed in with a hammer, and Billy's still trying to make it rain. <laughs> the rims are the rims are like a soup can. <laughs> uh, one other thing that I've got that that didn't work, and like I don't I don't mind it at all because it kind of fits the playground feel, but just sports wise and just playing basketball wise, a lot of unnecessary spins and behind the backs, like guys throwing up just ridiculous shots and taking multiple spins of the air and stuff like. Hey man, just lay it off the glass. Take a nice layup. You don't have to spin twice around a guy and throw the shot up over your head and like it's a trick shot. A lot of spins, a lot of uh, like the passes, uh, you know, behind, not behind the back, but like spinning passes. Um, I think it, you know, artistically, they were, that's what they're going for. You're right. Like the modern game, that's not even, you wouldn't see it. I don't know. Have you ever been to Venice? Venice Beach? I have not been to Venice. So that I guess that's where my biggest flaw here. I haven't been to Venice. I haven't actually witnessed one of these games, but I just feel like you're playing for a decent amount of money. You know, you're not going to flare it up that You're not going to spin twice when really you could just, you know, lay it up the glass easy and take those easy points. But it was kind of like the modern game. A lot of borderline travels, a lot of hop steps, a lot of Euro steps, you know, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of carrying the ball there. I see a lot of carrying, and I see a lot of Sydney taking steps. Uh, you hear some of the guys in the background yelling travel. Um, I don't think it's getting called. You know, they're not calling on each other. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. A lot of unnecessary spins. The, the reverse spin that Sydney pulled off, very, uh, very early 90s. Um, what about the guys wearing uh, the very tight bicycle shorts? Uh, there's one in the early – the first hustle and I'm like, man, you could, it just looks uncomfortable. It must've been a rough film session for them too. Yeah. Cause they're, they're probably on set for a long time and they're like, why, why are these guys in the cool loose tank tops right. with the baggy shorts? And I'm, I'm my, I got my, my junk. I'm losing blood flow to my junk wearing these things. Right. Some of these- it's a tough look. Oh, they didn't even get to the, uh, like, Chris Webber era and get long, baggy shorts. I don't know. I don't know if that would have even got to L.A. by then. I don't know. Yeah, this movie probably looks so different if it's filmed two years later. That's a good point. Like, everyone's wearing shorts past their knees and stuff. It looks a lot different. That's a really good point. Uh, Yeah, because then Billy is, Billy's, like, what is he wearing, like, cargoes? Billy Billy shows up looking like Kurt Cobain, and yeah, playing in a flannel, and that. And you think about that, like Nirvana starts maybe that summer, ninety two, 
Uh, I feel like it would have been like that summer. Yeah, I feel like Nevermind was like 91, 92-ish. Yeah. And then there was... I believe Teen Spirit was 1992. Uh, so Billy's looking a little... He's, he's actually looking like he's Seattle grunge. This movie came out at the perfect time then, I think, because I loved that... I loved that feel... Like I loved all the fashion. We kind of talked about this. I loved. All, I thought it looked a lot cooler than what it would have looked like in the mid '90s when suddenly, like, everything was baggy. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I, I love the uh, I love the style. Um, love the haircuts. Yeah, it's probably why I like the movie. It's just a great movie. Did you have a Did you have a best on screen athlete who kind of looked the best? Uh, the guy that plays the security guard, he's ripped. Uh, oh, he's jacked. Yeah. And I, I actually think he looked like a really, uh, like a, a really good either point guard or two guard. And he, you know, the obvious is, is Sydney, but I kind of like that guy that, that, uh, plays the, uh, Jeopardy security guard. That would have been a role where I'm surprised that it wasn't an NBA player, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, maybe they were just thinking that it was too obvious, and they were like, let's just stick to guys that won't... Maybe the NBA guys aren't even that good of actors type thing. It's it's something to respect a movie in that they went out and found actors who look like they can play ball. Because either a lot of times in sports movies, it's either guys who are professional athletes who are shitty actors or actors who are shitty athletes and they found i mean i think everyone in this movie they you know look like they could play ball for the most part like i thought woody harrelson looked great on screen i think woody harrelson did play some college ball or he played something he had to Um, yeah i don't i wonder what i wonder what age he was it'd be nice to look back on what how old both of them were when they made it because they were in great shape yeah, so uh, so Woody Harrelson was born in '61, so he was he was like around thirty. Thirty, yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, not yeah, not at all. To make the movie, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought he looked good on screen. Um, the guy I mentioned earlier who played Willie Lewis, uh, Dwayne Martin, he was part of that that twosome that they played in that two on two tournament. Um, he looked like he could play, and you know he was an undrafted free agent with the Knicks, so he could you know he could play a little bit. Definitely. So yeah, he looked good on on screen. Raymond played in the NBA. Did you have a worst on screen athlete? Uh, uh go ahead. Do you know one? So I gotta say Snipes. And it's like a it's like a common thing that he's not notorious. Like he is not a great athlete. Like he's not a he's not he looks the part. I mean, he's he's shredded. I mean, he looks, you know, he he's a he's a big dude. Um, his dribbling looks a little stiff and his, his shot looks like, I mean, and they did a lot of work. They brought in a guy to, uh, you know, to play ball with, with Harrelson and Snipes and get him to play. And I'm also a little biased. We did major league episode three of this podcast and you know, he, uh, he can't swing a baseball bat for shit. So I'm a little like, I'm carrying a little bit of that over, but overall there's not really like a correct answer because, you know, one thing this movie did well they is surrounded by dudes who can play ball. Yeah, and then they didn't want to, and it wouldn't work if there was somebody that it's two on two, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't really work if there was like some weak link. 
And and you also like you don't want a guy to look like he plays in the, he's in the NBA either because that like that smooth way that NBA guys just look kind of effortless when they do things is not the same vibe as you see on a playground of a guy who's good. And it's supposed to be guys that are just like coming off a job and and coming out to the pickup game. Yeah, Sydney's doing his his roofing thing and his plumbing thing and his flooring thing, and, right. and then he, and then he's going to ball. Yeah, how would you improve this movie at all, sports wise? Is, is there anything that that you'd want to see different? Uh, I thought the two on two tournament it was it just got it was too quick. Like they didn't play enough. Uh, I feel like they didn't play enough games. Yeah, there wasn't enough build up. I'd probably want to see more games. Yeah, I thought that was the one the the biggest way they could have built some suspense like basketball wise and they didn't do that. I was like, "Oh, they're already in the finals, huh?" They just they just kind of it was uh the 2 on 2 tournament felt like more of an afterthought than it could have been. It needed to be more, but I feel like they burnt so much time in the first series where where the two meet uh for the first time. They burnt so much time there that it felt like on the back end of the movie they were in a they were in a rush to get to the Jeopardy, to get to the two-on-two, to get to the final, uh, hey, Sydney's got to make some money, you know, he's been robbed. So, like, the back end feels rushed, whereas the front end felt, you know, takes like 50 minutes, and you're finally into the movie, and then the back end's a little bit more rushed. Yeah, because in the same regard, I would have liked to have seen more hustling from Sydney and Billy, because we really just see the scene with them getting Raymond, and then it goes to the scene where Sydney kind of flips it on Billy. I would have liked to have seen at least like maybe not a montage because this movie wasn't really like all about the montage thing, but just kind of a couple things of oh they pull a you know they pull a good one here they get a couple guys there like they're doing well just kind of build that rapport. It wasn't necessary again. This movie you know is really good. This movie flows really well. But I would have you know I wouldn't have said no to a couple of like deleted scenes. Uh, I think it's before deleted scenes. <laughs> you know, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like that would have been cool to have some deleted scenes. Yeah, I would have. I would have just loved to see see them play more basketball together and get that kind of rapport together. Because really, the last question I've got: How good do you think they are? Because you know, right away they're like, okay, we're this good. You know, we can hustle guys with your white guy can't ball stick. But then they suddenly go into, okay, we're good enough. We're gonna win this tournament which it seems like they have a rapport that is not, they don't build it up. And, you know, at the end when, when Sydney, you know, I need to win some money. I got to, you know, the King and the duck are, are playing this, these high stakes games. Who am I going to go to? I'm going to Billy. Right. Well, like you've played a, a handful of games with Billy. Like, are they really that good together? I would have liked to have seen that built up a little bit more. They were two short guys. Like you're telling me that the guy, big guy inside, wasn't gonna, you know, dominate over, over uh, Billy. Yeah, I guess it's probably unrealistic that we didn't see either of them get absolutely posterized. Like no one dragged their nuts in Sydney's face after dunking on him. No, you you would think you would think in one of those circumstances that there would be. I think in the two on two, the, the one guy, maybe it's the NBA guy, the guy that went to what did you say, the Knicks. Mm-hmm. He has one nice dunk, but you would think that you would think that Billy would get posted up 
Yeah, it, it, you know, at least once or twice. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would have just liked to have seen them build them up as this good tandem as opposed to, like, we know why their hustle would work because, you know, no one thinks that Billy could play. But to them beating these two-on-two teams that play a lot together and, like, the King and the Duck is supposed to be the best two-on-two duo there is, you know, you'd like to see a little more, you know, a little more chemistry. It's like every time LeBron starts a year with a new team, uh, you know, aside from this year where it just didn't come together at all, it, it eventually comes together, but it takes a while. It's not instantaneous. One other thing that's driving me nuts, why didn't Gloria get a job? That's a good point. Gloria was just at home like she was banking on this Jeopardy thing. Was she an alcoholic? Might have been. Might have been. That's a that's a good... I didn't even think about that. Like, why wasn't... Gloria was just learning the Jeopardy facts and having Billy go get money with basketball when she knows that he is an awful gambler. Right. You would think if she was so smart, she would go get a job and then sock the money away and maybe, like, you know, you know that he's going to blow some money. So I don't know why she didn't get a job. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't have, like, a side hustle of her own. Uh, good point. She should have had a side hustle. Uh, I don't know what it would have been, but maybe maybe in the sequel she comes back as, like, a manager. She's going to have to do something after Billy loses all that Jeopardy money. She, like, manages a two-on-two team. <laughs> she She's Billy and Sydney's coach. I love it. Uh, I love uh, I love the part where the two the like the broadcast crew the two on or maybe the, it was the it was the tournament officials. Uh, the one guy's like, "Yeah, we better get out of here." As these guys are like about ready to fight, it's like these nerdy, you know, the nerdy white guys. Yeah, that definitely worked. I love that part. I love I love just the comedy in that. It's fun. Uh, I think it's funny. This whole movie is is fun, like sports wise, it works, and just the whole you know we said it a couple of times, just the vibe of it works. The whole, I mean, Ron Shelton is like the sports god genius. He wrote and directed Bull Durham too, uh, you know, which is for me that's like the cream of the crop. So you know, this one is, uh, you know, this whole it's a good sports movie. I mean, it's. Do you think that the sign of a good sports movie is it just holds up over time? Yeah, I I th- I absolutely, especially after doing a few of these podcasts, like I absolutely think that's a that's a sign. Because this this one this one 30 years later, great. Think about 20 years down the road, will a movie like Bull Durham still hold the value? I don't know how it doesn't. It's time that that one for me is timeless. And I think this one is timeless. I I think so too. I really do. I think I think you're going to, in 20 years, that's not, even, that's not that long from now. And the, I don't see a generation, an, another generation, I don't see how they would be like, oh, this is so unrealistic. Look at these old guys. I don't, I don't think that at all. Yeah, like we've, we both have kids. Like I'm looking forward to showing my kid this, you know, in a, in a while. It's, it's right. you know, the, like we said with the language. But uh, yeah, I think this is one that, you know, yeah, like you said, it's going to age well. It's going to age real well. Uh, speaking of that, the nowadays, it, it would be impossible to have the language, the racial undertones, the the language, the nudity. Like you couldn't, you could not get away with this now. There's no way. 
this would be if you made something like this, it'd be made for Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu or Good something. Good point. I didn't even. This isn't going in. This isn't going in theaters. No, like okay, you're a, you're a movie buff. Sports movies. What is the last sports movie that you can think of that was successful? Oh my god. Um. Who? I can't even the most recent movie we've done last week we did draft day which came out in 2014 but that wasn't considered successful um and this was like the 12th or 13th highest grossing film of 1992 I'm looking on the Wikipedia page right now budget was 31 million box office was 90.8 million I'm sure that doesn't take into account uh overseas or anything 90 million it's crazy it's crazy and they were only paying three four dollars a movie but then five max oh i don't know i just i just feel like we don't see any you 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 could not make it you're right like i i all right ballers uh is a is a it's more like uh hour long is that what mm-hmm. ballers is? i think no ballers is a 30 minutes ballers is like football entourage okay like something like that reminds me of, you know, a modern language, that kind of thing, sex. But, uh, but yeah, basketball wise, uh, Space Jam, too, man. We, we've got to hold out for it. No one wants to be in it. Giannis doesn't want to be in Space Jam, too. What is going on? Okay. Maybe a different podcast, but real quick, why don't guys want to be in it? I think, I don't. It's just like the thing. It, well, do guys want to like guys don't really want to seem to want to play with LeBron right now. They don't, they don't want to make movies with LeBron, LeBron either. Yeah, they just want to. They want to do their own thing. Giannis doesn't want to. Giannis wants to hang out in Milwaukee and do like cool meet and greets and just be his own thing. He doesn't want to get under that LeBron umbrella. I love it. Uh, do you feel like Russell Westbrook would be uh, would be Sydney? He seems like the NBA Sydney. That's a good. That's a good comp. Yeah, Jet, he's a he's aggressive. He's jumpy. Uh, he loves to talk shit to anyone. That's a good comp. I can't think of it. I think can't think of an NBA Billy. I feel like I feel like Sydney. Or I feel like Russell Westbrook has worn the bicycle helmet or the bicycle hat, like Sydney. If he has walked into an arena dressed just like Sydney, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Like if anyone's listening to this podcast and can can tweet that picture, because I'm it's got to exist. Like I can picture, you're right. I can picture that in my head. Him wearing that bicycle hat. Yeah, I I feel like it's happened before. So maybe he is the modern day Sydney. I mean, it's just another sign of how well this movie's held up. And he's a California guy, so yeah, UCLA guy. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, loved it uh, once again, you know. Great movie. Yeah, and Joe, thanks so much for coming on and, and talking about this movie. I had a great time. Um, it was a great excuse to uh, to rewatch this one. Tell me, where can uh, anyone listen to podcasts? Where can they follow you? Where can they see what you're up to at Busted Coverage? Uh, just at Busted Coverage across all of them, across all the socials. Just uh, keep trudging along, man all i can do all any of us can do on the internet you know that yeah well i've been i've been following busted coverage since i think i downloaded twitter almost you know 10 years ago so yeah long haul. yeah 
Yeah, but I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, you know, leave a leave a review. Uh, let us know what you think. You can follow us on Twitter at Trouble Pod, on Instagram at Trouble with the Script Pod. If you've got any friends who appreciate authenticity in sports movies, make sure to share. And you can catch us next Thursday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.